0: November 14, 2021, it's a Watt for Pedro Show. people uh walk for pedro show by a remote broadcast from denver colorado we started with i see your face before me from john coltrane and then international anthems for irrational numbers with the clocks that double as time machines that's a beautiful title beautiful pride your name everything i love it <laughs> and a big respect to stevie bono for making this connect i got brother reed hoffman philadelphia welcome board reed how's it going Bet you did have you on. curious about your journey through music. Please, get bring your earliest musical recollection.
1: Um. Well, it's hard to pick one. You know. I, um. You know, if you're
0: well, remember it's a lot for Pedro show, so there's no wrong answers and there's no hard questions.
1: Um. Well, I I had a stack of forty fives that, like, I think one of my mom's brothers had handed down to us or something from the sixties, and you know, when I as. When I was old enough to to listen to my Gingerbread Man record or whatever, I'd I'd be listening to Motown and the Beatles and all kinds of bubblegum music and stuff in my room and banging on a snare drum that another family member gave us. So I kind of remember that. I'd kind of throw stuff around my room to rock and roll. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Okay. This pad you grew up in. Did he have musical instruments b- besides shit to throw around?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, my dad, uh, he played folk music, and you know, just like in his spare time, tinkering around. And he had a mountain dulcimer and a and a penny whistle. So, um, so you know, from from a very early age, I I heard him play a lot, and I. Um, you know, went to a lot of concerts of music like that, like old time bluegrass and Irish music, stuff like that. Um, I'm
0: curious, did you ever jump on that dulcimer or that penny whistle?
1: I did. Yeah, I I played penny whistle for years, and I have, I still have that dul- dulcimer. When was uh, your
0: first penny whistle experience of playing? <laughs> Operating,
1: um, expressing. I mean, when I was a kid, I would just play around on all the stuff that that he had, you know. And then we got a my grandpa got us a piano from a school, I think, for free, you know, just like an old upright piano. And yeah. um, I took piano lessons for years.
0: Well, tell me about that experience because I've had guests on the show. It almost chased them away from music.
1: I had a really mean teacher. <laughs> Um, named mrs Shrewsbury which almost sounds like a mean teacher and yes
0: like yes perfect kids movie
1: or something but um she w- you know just like very disciplinarian and like not I don't know I didn't like playing necessarily but my parents made me practice and I went there every week for I don't know 5 years or something you know, okay okay and then I got a, you... and oh, then I got go another teacher when I was like I don't know 12 years old who you know I was like kind of learning disabled so I just reading music never happened for me and we got this other teacher who was like um you know here's how you you know here's how you figure out a melody here's how you figure out what the chords to the song you want to play are you know and she taught me how to figure music out and uh oh and, more pr- practical and she was she was a really wonderful teacher and she had me playing like Bach and you know um some Mozart pieces and some ragtime and you know that's
0: funny because Mr. Bach played an organ right yeah <laughs> the piano hadn't been invented yet what was her name
1: you know I I just don't remember I wish did I you did remember
0: the other lady <laughs>
1: I remember the mean lady with the funny name. <laughs>
0: Let me ask you this. At school, were you in the marching band or the choir? Shit like that?
1: I played um saxophone in the band. Oh, uh, wow in 5th grade but but um I didn't stick to it and and we didn't actually march it was like uh you know prepping you to march when you get to middle school kind of thing <laughs> and um it wasn't really my scene jingle bells yeah, right so, you know, i want <laughs> i want I wanted,
0: what, to, I wanted alto in, tenor barry what was it
1: it was tenor I want, you okay. know, I wanted it to be like all the fun saxophone solos in every song in the 80s, you know? <laughs> okay.
0: Well, I think a lot of that, when I think of the 70s, I'm thinking of, uh, God, who's that guy? David Sanborn and uh, Tom Scott, right? The alto players. And they were on a lot of television theme songs. like yeah. Beretta. So let me ask you, first record you bought with your own money.
1: Um... Well, me and my me and my brother had been taken to the mall to um to a record store with like our Christmas money or something and we were in competition to find this record by the band Nucleus which I think is called Future Shock or something like that. It's like a kind of novelty breakdance record with funny alien voices on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, remember that song Jam on It? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were trying to find that and he's older, so he found it. And I so I bought uh Twisted Sisters Stay Hungry. <laughs> yeah, so, of course. <laughs> which I, you know, I like the anti authoritarian message of the band. Yeah. So I was pretty into that. Oh, so you're a lyric man. Um yeah, I I um You know, I was always just kind of like I grew up listening to the Beatles a lot and, you know, finding another Beatles record at different stages of my youth was it was always just such a revelation and especially the lyrics, you know, Um, and I was always really into stories, you know, songs that tell stories. You know, everybody
0: liked the Beatles. So I had to hate them as a kid because I was an asshole. But but I did like one of them. And it was because the words it was called Glass Onion.
1: That's a good one.
0: And it's them kind of singing about themselves. Yeah. So Steve Shelley asked me to do a prod with him. And I said, Well, what if we took those words and put it to the music of Tomorrow Never Knows? <laughs> and we called it the Lucky Sperms. And for the other side, we uh did our version of Daniel Johnson's Walking the Cow.
1: Sounds like a pretty trippy record. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's
0: what projects are for, right? Okay, let me ask you. Not after school, like graduating, but in the afternoon. The bedroom band, the garage band, basement band. Did you do that?
1: Um, I was kind of always trying to do something. And, um, you know, like, you know, my preteen years, I was... I grew up on a farm, so... It was just a very like being alone pretty often thing. And sure, it's always some to do just to get anywhere and see any of my friends. So I'd just be playing the same minor key riffs on the piano, you know, like pieces, okay. pieces of Bach and, and, uh, you know, like I knew some Russian folk songs, just random stuff. And then when I was like 14, my brother was starting a hardcore band and I tried to. I tried out in that and that wasn't really happening. And then I met some, uh, I met some kids when I got to high school who were, um, they were really big Velvet Underground fans. And I was a really big Sonic Youth fan. So we kind of like, we started a band and it was, and it was like, I, you know, it was mostly my compositions and my lyrics. And uh, it was pretty cool.
0: (laughs) Can I ask you when you were in that man alone, or young man alone mode. Did you get into tape recording?
1: Yeah, I used to just like make tapes uh, with the you know the little handheld tape recorder on the soundboard of the piano, and just get like weird distorted things. And I used to tape you know creaky doors and make <laughs> make rhythm tracks out of out of junk in the house and with two tape recorders, you know that kind of thing. Oh, uh, so you're
0: using the, re- the tape recorder that kind of has as a a accompanying a mist.
1: You, you, use it, you use it like to multi-track, you know? You yeah, like, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think sound everybody, sound. everybody tries uh, that out a little bit, you know?
0: Not everybody. That's why I asked, because Watt didn't do it for a long time. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a teenager in the 70s. But Les Paul invented the shit in the
1: 50s. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's pretty marvelous.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to talk to him once, uh, and he told me all about it. It was incredible. Incredible, incredible man. And he told me all. In fact, he talked to me for like two hours, and I just came to get a bass sign. That
1: sounds put like his,
0: a- Put his donut on a whammy bar of his guitar, and the <laughs> other two guys in the band looked at me like, you motherfucker. <laughs> now, I, I, I just, it was a Les Paul signature bass, so, you know, he was playing near Pedro, and, uh, but incredible uh, cat. And uh, I didn't mean to make those other two guys mad. I really did he was just generous with his stuff so did this this band ever do gigs
1: um well um we we our drummer was like he was a real character he was one of the best drummers i've ever played with he had like taken lessons from uh you know sim Kane. sure uh, yeah, yeah like he he my this was. guy was was from that you know a, a small town near where Kane was from and he had taken drum lessons from him and he was like really phenomenal. And, uh, but he was, he was, he was a really wild character. So, so he was like, we need to play a show, but it was, and I, you know, we'd been playing together for three months, maybe four, I was 14, you know? <laughs> and so <laughs> he, he, he told us he had this show booked at, at this place called the Princeton arts council, which Princeton, New Jersey is real near where I grew up. And, uh, okay. and so, you know, he had, he had the names of, a couple bands on the flyer that I'd never heard of. And like, I was like, okay, let's do it. And so, <laughs> so we show up with all our stuff. And, yeah. and, uh, it turns out he hasn't actually talked to the person that you <laughs> book things at the space with. So we're just there with all our stuff. And, you know, I'd had like my parents drop me off with like my amp and all my stuff. It's just there on the sidewalk. And like, I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't know if we have a gig. And then, but then it turned out there was an open mic the same night, like in a, in an hour or something. And yeah, so, yeah. so we talked to the guy who, who would set the open mic up and we were like, can we play like before the thing happens and just like our friends will show up and, you know, it won't be a big deal. And he, uh, and my friend had, had told him we were a blues band, which I, <laughs> of course
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we played and, um, You know, would you do Sister Ray? or something? No, I mean, it was it was a bunch of my own weird. (laughs) It was your own
0: songs. Right. right. But
1: he was singing, you know, the drummer was singing. And and uh, it's funny because I I, I got to know someone a little bit in Philly who who I knew like all the way back then, um, about 15 years ago or something. And uh, we were talking about, you know, things that we were doing then when we were teenagers. And he was like, oh, you were in that, you know, terrible band with the amazing drummer. (laughs) (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. And I was like, yeah. yeah. but you should have told him
0: those were my songs he was Oh, well, they, were,
1: they were not especially great songs, but, you know. Yeah,
0: what were you writing about at 14 years old?
1: Um, I think I just I just like to put words together into weird imagery. And I don't think I had any, uh, I hadn't really experienced that many things in life. So I didn't know too many things. So I was just writing, you know, I was just writing things that I thought sounded cool together. Like I'd listen to, you know, The Birthday Party or whatever. Oh, great. Whatever bit. I was in at the time. To- into at the time, and I, I would just kind of reflect on the way that people wrote songs. You know, I was really into what stuff was that? Like-
0: they had that one tune, uh, the friend catcher.
1: Yep, that's a good one. It's got the
0: most Trebly, maybe more than D. Boone, <laughs>
1: that guitar. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'd say. What's his name? Uh, D. Boone got a run for his money with treble, Trebly guitar. With Yeah, uh, what was
0: his name? Roland
1: uh, S. Howard.
0: Roland. We lost him, right? He was yeah. great. I got to see them once at the Roxy up in West Hollywood.
1: Oh, lucky you. <laughs>
0: and they opened up with the Stooges tune. Mm. Yeah, loose. Yeah, it was. And Tracy Pugh on the bass. Oh my god, they were just a four piece by then.
1: Yeah, the I can't imagine. The drum. Yeah. I can't imagine how awesome that would be, but
0: <laughs> it, was, uh, it was. It was because a lot of that stuff you only knew by records. So if you got to see a gig, wow, yeah. Uh, look, I want to play uh, some of this music because you didn't send me any of this, this music, so I want to play. Uh, this <laughs> is <just> read books. <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
3: That breaks a single kind of praise Lift me on, take me on Your love will be the one I will desire Lift me on, take me on Your love will be the one and only to desire Love.
4: you <laughs>
5: Stop Bye. To love and life, raging all but on a guess, all except for the gut feeling that these patterns aren't tests.
0: For Pedro, Show, That chunk of music started off with Reed Books, which is, I guess, a little pun rock, <laughs> because Reed's name is also the verb for taking words into your eyeballs. Okay. Then we had Cedric Noel with Bass Song, brand new. Crane, brand new. The Orphan Train. Neil Turpin. This is a drummer man who did a one-man album where he plays everything in Leeds, England. And In the Right Light, that Agnes Steck out of, uh, he just moved. Fuck. bitch. I can't remember, but it was in Austin, but still in Texas. In the last song of Elvis, B-N-O-L, with Desire, Petra Hayden, Red, but not the uh, King Crimson Red, her own one. Lagoon Monster Rubber Mask, Volume 3, Part B-1. A with bronze age. It's either UFR or UFO. I don't know how to do that. Uh, the, the oasis of unusual acromegaly think pastes from James Twig Harper and Rubber O Cement. Then SLW CC Watt was Stay the fuck away from me. It's a collab I got with Sam Locke Ward out of Iowa City. And then finally, the Nothing Factory, with ballad of a Nothing Factory town. Don't confuse that with a thin man, people. Give me some milk or go home. That, 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 that tune's got some good word, Mr. Dylan. In fact,'m what I'm playing is a couple blocks from where he opened up for up the Smothers Brothers when he was 20 years <laughs> old. Yeah, can you believe that shit? I mean, it's trippy about the physical location sometimes. C- continue uh, with your story, please. Uh, like like high school.
1: Um. Well, I you know I had that one disastrous show and yeah I played in jazz workshop in high school for oh like, wow that was fun but I was pretty I was pretty bad I I was okay at like blues scales but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I enjoyed it that much but it was fun to hang out with really good musicians who. You know, we're really into jazz and knew a lot of stuff. But um, what
0: about on the on this on the parallel universe, like with, you know, after school?
1: Well, um, me and my best friend were always trying to start a punk band, basically. Um, yeah. And, you know, we had we had one band that actually had a drummer and played a show. And it was pretty. What was cool. that like? Um, it was at ABC No Rio, which was like the best, like finding that place was like the best thing that ever happened to me. Just totally opened my life up to to um an adult world I could deal with. Um <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I I love that place so much. But uh, it was fun. You know, it was the band so that was,
0: gig was a success. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean our friends came and the band was it was fun. It was like we had some pretty good riffs. Our drummer had asthma and he would just stop in the middle of a song pretty often. <laughs> well god, and, he's
0: gotta stay alive.
1: <laughs> our 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 singer had like um he was like sort of a uh like a like a role play gamer kind of guy so he had all these like
0: uh & dragons he had
1: like a bunch of homemade weapons and <laughs> and like um, you know like anarchist themed like flags and like he'd like wear a balaclava and stick a sword in the stage and you know. <laughs> whoa <laughs> it was, it was pretty theatr it was pretty theatrical which we had is, a little dada it it was it was really theatrical, which is funny because I, you know, I most of my music, you know, as an adult has been some way related to theater. You know? Yeah.
0: Now, were you composing for this unit?
1: Um. Well, you know, it was just um, me and my friend wrote a bunch of, you know, we we just wrote riffs together for years and it ended up being a band. It wasn't Yeah, the but best with
0: this music. guy. He was you had the Balakava sword, man. That was uh, completely interpreting it, it.
1: that was completely his thing. Oh! I mean, it was like we we played with him for for six weeks before that show, you know, and yeah. then the band broke up. You know? whoa! <laughs> it it was sounds like, like a
0: Discord band, right? You put out the seven inch, and then you're over.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't say we were anywhere near as good as any Discord band. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you remember the Youth Brigade? Not the California one, but the the one they had.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. They had
0: this song called. It, talk about Econo! It was called No Song Number Two, and I can I can give you a, a cover version right here. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember. That right.
0: <laughs> Sorry to laugh at my own like shit. A, That's
1: stupid. Like a Napalm Death size. Song. Yeah,
0: but even more Econo. I mean, it was one note and one syllable, and <laughs> right to the point. All right. So after school do you do you pursue uh like higher education with music
1: no um well i um i graduated high school and i i was very much in like the kind of squatter anarchist scene underground scene like you know activist stuff and traveling so i traveled until i was about 24 i was in, i was in europe for a couple years and i was out west and I was always just kind of living on somebody's couch or living in a squat or, and, and, you know, making money as a street musician. And, you know, my interest. What were you playing?
0: You were busking, uh, right?
1: My interest at that time was more folk music. So I played violin, I played mandolin, I played some different. How'd
0: you learn those? Did you self taught?
1: I'm self taught, yeah. I mean, um, you know, they translate from guitar, not that hard tuned in fifths and i'd you know when you're learning stuff like fiddle tunes it's just like you just play it over and over until it sounds good
0: (laughs) (laughs) now fiddle means it's not on your chin it's on your arm right
1: um i don't know i i i feel like there's i i have heard that that fiddle is just the english word for violin so people say violin to sound more continental or whatever but yeah. <laughs> well, you know,
0: there's a technique, and you were talking bluegrass, where it's on the arm more than under the chin.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. But no, I'm not. I'm not right. I'm just answers, guessing. <laughs> a lot of answers to that question, I'm sure. But I, yeah, I played the violin for years, and um, you know, a lot of other things.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Know. Spotsky, you know the guy uh, recording First Minute Man. He played a viola, but he called it a fedola.
1: I've never heard of that before.
0: That's a Spotsky invention. I am. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, November 14, 2021, edition Wapido Show's special bro- remote broadcast from Denver, Colorado. Even more special guest, Reed Hoffman. Hold tight for our two. November 14, 2021, it's the second hour of the Wapido Show. Pedro Show started it off, that chunk of music, I should say, with uh the nothing factory, an absolute dean state? Or is that a misspelling? Dream State. Okay, gotta put an R in there. Maybe it was what? Pilot air. Yeah. But. Wet cigarette after that out of Canada with Queen of Crew. Tafalco, brand new from him uh, with his Italian guys. Tango Primavera even though it's fucking almost winter. You know what? Don't know how to fucking pick songs. Juan's, except I love Tav, you know. Juan's Dover. Just got to share a stage with him Friday night in De- Texas. The Cycle of Not. He wrote a whole album about almost dying in, in, in the hospital in that big journey. And then finally, The Evasive Species, All in the Shades. really tell us about some of these projects like, like nothing factory.
1: Um, the nothing factory was a, it it was a, um, it was a musical, um, what we called it a epic shadow theater musical. Uh, the, the, the artist, the visual artist, Eric ruin, um, you know, he had moved to Philadelphia. So we, and we were friends. So we put this whole thing together out of a bunch of music I'd been writing and a short story I'd been writing and we turned it into a piece of theater Um, With, you know, it was a lot of like shadow puppety kind of things and projections. And uh, there's a narrator and like a whole cardboard set. And the band kind of acted a little bit. And uh, it was kind of an allegory.
2: It
1: was a musical. Yeah. It had like, you know, loud rock songs and and, uh, uh, really noisy, strange, prepared guitar, uh, incidental music. Um, With the libretto. It, yeah, it was, yeah, I wrote everything. Yeah, it was, like wow. a, it was like a kind of allegory about, you know, people who have everything and then they don't know what to do with it because there's too much, so they make a nothing factory to turn it all into nothing again. It's pretty weird. <laughs> the dirt behind the daydream. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> I
0: think you, you're right on the money. I've been trying to write, like, songs like that forever.
1: <laughs> but you can't really get the story out of just one of, like, the songs are very... Uh, they accord very specifically to the musical. So, you know, they don't, they don't totally make sense as singular things, but, um, yeah, but I like parts them. of a whole, uh, um, the band, uh, international anthems for irrational numbers was, uh, was right before that I had a band that I had a, a band that I played like, uh, sort of really atonal, uh, you know, funny tuned guitar, really scrappy, like noisy band. And, uh, and our drummer, our drummer was out of town for a few months, and we started playing shows, playing kick drums with our feet and like hi hat with our feet while we like played. And I, I had kind of taken up like That's we some technique.
0: Had, you got to be a little abductor to do that.
1: Well, we and we had a, we already had a song where I like played bugle and and played guitar at the same time, and then I'd use it as a slide, and I'd you know we already had that kind of element where I'm playing two instruments at once like that while I'm singing. And, um, so we just turned, we turned our former band, uh, greetings from urbania into international anthems for irrational numbers, which was like all of us were playing many instruments at the same time. So I'm playing, I'm finger picking a, a prepared guitar while I play the trumpet or the bugle um <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was with what, it like was with complete, one it, hand right it yeah. was really uh like the record the record is is cool like i like it but live it was just like so off the wall you know it always sounded really crazy
0: okay invasive species
1: nature, no that was international anthem Tour. no no
0: i mean can you lighten us to invasive oh. species
1: invasive species is a band i started um with um uh, with my friends uh, Maddie Katz and Justin Durr and Sophie Francis about seven years ago. And uh, we had a, we had a few bass players come and go. Um, um, Melissa Santangelo was the most recent Um, uh, punk band. I don't know. (laughs) I'm thinking of
0: a, of a great bass man in Philly, uh, Amin Ali, Rashid Ali's son. And he just quit bass altogether.
1: That's a shame.
0: (laughs) And it, well, it happens. Rimbaud, Arthur Rimbaud, he wrote poems only two years, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then some guys, like Elvin Jones, he's got the oxygen tanks on the stage. Really. They got to do it till they drop, right? Yeah. People are different. Look, yep. you, you gave me this music, uh, another proj, from
1: Quiver's... Quantra from Quivers Quanta. That's uh, that's that's my new project. Vultures dry their wings on the chimney tops
5: when the rain has stopped. Negative ions drift in the heavy air, charged with yearning prayer. Where do you go when you're staring at the wall? Where the weeds grow tall? Where do you go? staring at the wall.
0: from Pedro's show. Started that chunk of music out with Thumb Quivers Quantra. Follow a far... Fa- See how easy it is for Watt to pronounce if he hears the dude who had the name say it first?
1: <laughs> well, um, you know, I I, I came up <laughs> no, with... No, that's just,
0: not your fault. That's my
1: fucking fault. Well, I did come up with some pretty difficult names for you. But... um, it's What
0: good. about those Rubber Cement guys? I mean, fuck. Or Or then all the foreign languages. It's my fault. Please read. I got to own it. Okay. Anyway, Follow a Far Away Feeling. And then the Claim Quartet, Brother Scotty Irvin, with Live at Strange Matter, November 18, 2016. He's got a brand new album out. The Ophelia's from Cincinnati, after that, Spirit Scent. And then finally, The Horrible Department, The Greatest Secret. Enlighten us, Reed.
1: Um, the Horrible Department was another musical that I wrote, um, with my friend, Colin Kasha. Um, and, um, it was, it was a, it was another like stage musical thing, um, with a narrator and a set, you know, I built a set and it was supposed to be like a person who's mysteriously in a room and all the songs kind of accord to just being stuck in this room, listening to this really awful, uh, radio announcer. And so, you know, you're just stuck in a room writing songs and it's sort of like what conspiracy theories or cosmology, yeah. what kind of things would you come up in that like Plato's cave kind of scenario? Right, right. The um, shadows
0: in the back of the cave.
1: Yeah. So so the lyrics to that whole album are pretty peculiar as well, you know.
0: You know, I, I think this is, why is it more theater, theater have the live band thing like what you're doing?
1: Um. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I mean, it was pretty, it was a hard balance. Like we had people on, on, on both shows. We had, we had people with theater backgrounds, you know, friends of ours who like directed and, and volunteered a lot of time to help us figure out the dynamics and how to make a thing work aesthetically. I mean, honestly, like, like I couldn't tell you how, how well it worked. Like there was a lot of people who complained that it was too loud or (laughs) <laughs> that they didn't really follow. they didn't really follow the story because half of it was like, you know, told through these like surrealist absurd lyrics. So <laughs> okay. But that's a, I, I think that's think, good enough I'd for me. I probably go to more theater if there was a if there was a weird band playing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, this new thing, Thumb qu- qu- tw- Quivers? Yep. Thumb Quivers, yeah. Tw- Thumb Quivers
1: Yeah. Um, that's just me um playing like a a 12 string guitar through some um, through a bunch of amps and uh, just kind of telling similar kinds of, uh, I don't know, just there's, they're supposed to function as like little short stories, I guess.
0: But it's still kind of in the same. You, you use music. Uh, kind of to reach
1: the listeners. It's it's not just for your own sake. Um well I mean I've always I, I I really I like to make art that's you know, it reflects back from art that I love, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, passing along <laughs> the weird creative stuff. I don't know. I yeah. mean I like I really like to write stories. I really like to write poems and things, so so But for- you don't
0: like being obvious you want to be artistic uh, with your expression, right?
1: I mean, I also don't like like um I was trying it's funny because I had a I had a period for about the last I don't know 8 or 9 years where I was I was trying to write like a different type of song that's more of a, you know, just like 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 the folkies in the 60s were trying to do like write write political songs that, you know, tell a tell a really specific story to the real world and yeah. I just never felt I never felt right singing those kind of songs. So the lonesome
0: ballad of Hattie Carroll.
1: <laughs> so I gave no, up. But
0: that's a heavy song, and Emmett Till, and Mr. Dylan did a lot of that.
1: But I, I, I never felt comfortable doing that. So I just yeah. kind of went back to writing my, my, um, my weird songs. <laughs>
0: that's okay. That's okay. I mean, all of us got to follow our way, but it all come together to make one big choir. I think. Look, we're at the end of the second hour. November 14, 2021, edition of Watt Pedro Show, remote broadcast, Denver, Colorado. Special guest, Reed Hoffman. Hold tight for hour three. November 14, 2021, it's the third hour of the Watt Pedro Show. For Pedro Show. Started off the third hour with more Thumb Quivers Quantra. Haunted in Our Dreams then Bama's Prendon with Burden by Taste, part one. <laughs> Hate to hear part two, right? Jerome Byerton and Damon Smith Duo doing three minus one Italian dogs. Then Jess Joy with Thrash hold. Some more pun rock, people. It's, I like it. I like it. And then even more thumb quivers quantra. Scatter bones. Bring it, Reed.
1: Um, well, uh, what were we saying? I um I don't know. I like to write from this perspective that's kind of like uh it's almost have you ever read a canticle for Leibowitz, that sci fi story? Um it's kind of like, you know, like
0: I, I am I, I, reading some science fiction right now. Azumi Suzuki, <laughs> "Terminal Boredom."
1: I don't know that. <laughs> I it was just just with... came out. Her stuff was never
0: translated to English until right now.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of great Chinese sci-fi coming out for sure um, to to the West. Um, but anyway, I like to imagine this. You know, I like to write in this style that's kind of like um, you know, like our 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 time period. Uh, like what people in the future would m- try to make sense out of it. That, ah. You know, it's sort of things are lost gay dick. It's kind of surrounded by the mist of time. There's a lot of religious and mythical um, elements to it. A lot of the abstract ideas get really overblown and you know what, what people would make like what people from a, you know, I don't know, post-apocalyptic time would make of all of our scientific French theory and stuff like that. I like to, I like to, I like to mix things like that up. Um yeah. But I also like to tell, you know, just like one of those songs you you played of mine is just like a it's just like a weird love story about ghosts, you know. I don't know. I like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's all part of being alive, right? <laughs> yeah. I I think it's all proper. Uh, look, this other thing uh you uh, you sent me another horrible department change, right? Now, yeah. was this is part of that.
1: Uh, yeah, it was, piece? the musical was called Capital I and the Royal Walting We, and um, yeah, that was one of the songs. So, so, so was it like
0: there was a narrative through these things?
1: Yeah, there was a there was a, a sort of loose narrative, and and you know, there were themes, there was an arc to it, but it, it was very strange. But I I would also say okay. you know I mean, there was like to both theater things there was. There was a didactic element to it, you know. I mean, both things were really influenced by Brecht, Brecht and people like oh, that. Oh yeah, okay. Um, uh, but it's you know, it's just told through a very, a very skewed lens, you know. Um, you
0: know, the first Brecht song that I remember hearing was the Doors. <laughs> no, it was the Doors covering Whiskey Bar. <laughs> oh, you don't, don't you, uh, Why man needs whiskey? <laughs> Some shit like that. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. And I thought they wrote it. I had no idea. You know, there was this band in the city called Black Humor, and they had this line, the only thing new is you finding out about it. <laughs> I take that to heart. <laughs> but he he ended up in California, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when he was in exile. Right, made, right. Made some weird... Yeah. Movies, some Hollywood, like right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe?
0: Uh, Okay, let's play this uh, change from the horrible department. for Pedro Show, last music for this edition, the horrible department with change, and then we had Nadja out of Berlin with Sunborn and in parentheses coda, which is I think it means tail, but in the opera talk it means the end, and so it's getting near the end of the show, but here's the big piece that's the real coda live at vox populi September third two thousand sixteen. Eric's Ruins, ominous cloud ensemble. Enlighten us, Reed.
1: Um, well, that's the artist Eric Ruin, who um, you know both the theater things I was just talking about. Um, right. he, he was the he was the visual artist, um, and uh, he moved away for a while, and then when he came back to Philly, he he put together a thing that's like uh, it's kind of a loose collective of of improvising musicians who play along with. Uh, sometimes he'll do these like. Kind of endless um, paper cut scrolls that's that scroll really slowly, and we we improvise a soundtrack to that. And then other times Whoa. he and then other times he improvises just like kind of psychedelic visual stuff with his paper cuts and all kinds of projecting projection techniques. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I mean, it's a lot of people who have come and gone, and and a lot, you know, it's it's different every time. You know, I don't but play. Can, all- you,
0: can you tell me about this particular piece?
1: Um, I think that that was. I think that was one of the scrolling uh, paper cut pieces. So it's a lot. Um, it's a lot more dialed back. Sometimes when we do the full improvised thing, it's like. Yeah. It's like pretty frantic and pretty <laughs> pretty challenging listening.
0: And what but, what were you working? What what instruments?
1: Uh, I I play prepared guitar in that band most of the time. So I'm, uh, you know, I just I have like a. I have a, um, a a tin plate I've been using as my guitar thing for, I don't know, 15 years. I <laughs> bang on plate? it. tin plate?
0: <laughs> what, what do you mean, tin plate?
1: I mean, I stick it under the pickups and play it. Oh, oh, oh go, Or hit it with stuff, okay. chopsticks. I don't
0: know. So there's still a guitar involved. I thought you, like, you strung up the tin band. <laughs>
1: no, no. That would be cool. But the, no, just, <laughs> I'm just playing weird preparations. So usually when we have a gig, I... Um, I, I invent a new tuning, and I, I come up with a few things I'm going to do. You know.
0: Can I ask you if you uh, drew any inspiration by, from Keith Rowe and the AAM?
1: I, I don't know what that is.
0: Okay, okay, okay. It was something in the 60s, and he played a guitar on a table. He wouldn't wear it, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so he would prepare. And he was a big – actually, I didn't know about him until – I read Rob Chapman's book on Sid Barrett, uh-huh. and Sid Barrett was really influenced by this cat, oh, and, and the, this part. band, too. It was a London improv, uh, I think Derek Bailey came out of this kind of thing. Oh, wow, yeah. Time.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, do you I, have a
0: website? Where do people find you on the
1: internet? Really? Um, I, unfortunately, have always been kind of not on the internet, but I um, okay. I'm releasing the Thrum Quivers Quanta album on New Year's Day so I'm going to I'm going to make a band camp for that. An invasive yeah. species the invasive species has a Bandcamp. Um there is a bunch of ominous cloud uh Eric Ruin's ominous cloud ensemble stuff online um just like on YouTube. Yeah, where,
0: with YouTube you, you can can get the visual what, component, right?
1: Yeah, you can actually see what he's doing. There's one with yeah. um uh, oh there's a, a there's a couple with the the dancer Asamina Kremos. um and uh those are pretty cool but i am i've never had a i've never had much of an internet presence myself
0: it's okay it's okay i just asked people wanted to learn more about you so the next thing you got coming is the thumb quivers
1: quanta album yeah thrum quivers quanta yeah um quanta quanta sorry yeah i just i just recorded that like a month ago or maybe a little more than that um and how, uh, how
0: long did it take you to get to get? So was it a COVID nineteen kind of thing?
1: Um, I've been writing music for years. I I just I have a lot of stuff. I I um, I kind of after the horrible department, I I had late term Lyme disease. So like my oh. just my ability to 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 do a lot of stuff kind of waned. Like yeah. you know, like back in the day, I was like a full time college student and writing musicals and working sure. and all at the same time it kind of changed when i uh got sick but um but i have a I think John I have, Lurie like, has that the like sax man i don't play like i i don't know if i'll play live for instance i don't know if i'm up to that but i i'm just excited to um to make some new records absolutely i have that a lot beautiful. of uh, i have a lot of you know i have a lot of a lot of music
0: <laughs> well i consider music kind of a lifeline when things yeah. get fucked up you know, you
1: hold on, but I did to, to answer your question. I did, I did find a lot more just like, you know, I wasn't able to get together with my friends and, and do my music projects that I've been doing the last while. So, so, uh, so I did start, you know, I got a practice space and I did start playing a lot more electric guitar and just like figuring new stuff out. Um, so I guess you're right. It is, it is kind of, <laughs> Not a, right. it is kind of a, co- uh, a COVID thing, but I, um uh, but I before COVID I used to pretty frantically uh, write stuff all the time. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I just, you write I just have more? gotten to releasing any of my own music in in a really long time. Except but you're for- going
0: to start doing that, right? And yeah, when you do, I- would you please flow it to me so I can play it on the show? And maybe Absolutely. you can come back on. Invite's open. You can talk about to- all your stuff.
1: I'd love to do that.
0: Thank you so much, Reed. Big honor to have you aboard. Truly,
1: thank you. Yeah,
0: people, it's been the November 14, 2021 edition. Walk Pedro Show. Keep your powder
1: dry.